40, a D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser first called Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy to ask for help at 1.34 p.m. It looks now like the Capitol the, the police... Yeah, now, Pete, let me break away from you a back. second because things are happening very quickly. According to your written testimony, you were, quote, aware that demonstrators had breached the Capitol. Welcome to the premiere of Democracy Under Fire, a show that examines the causes of the collapse of democracy in America and the, around the world, and what we must do and are doing to save democracy. We will be organizing and working to build a movement in America capable of saving democracy. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel and like the Truth and Democracy Coalition on Facebook and spread the word. That's how we build a movement. My name is Rich Procida, and I'm the host of Democracy Under Fire. Our guests today are author and democracy activist, John Casey O'Brien. He's the author of For the Love of Long Shots, a memoir on democracy, available on Amazon. But first, let's turn to the recall election for governor here in the state of California. The governor really hasn't done anything wrong as far as I can tell. Um, can you give us a rundown on what we need to do and what that's about? Uh, one thing that most people don't know about the recall, uh, the reason the Republicans push the recall is um, they, the, that's all the power that the Republicans have. All of the statewide offices, governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, on down are held by Democrats. The Democrats have veto-proof majorities in both chambers of the legislature. So the Republicans have no political power outside of the recalls. And that's the only way they can have any impact. And they don't seem to care, uh, these great people that always talk about deficits and things like that, that they're spending close to $300 million of taxpayers' money uh, just to try to have some kind of impact in a state where the Republican Party, in terms of registration, is now behind not only the Democrats, uh, but the independents. So that's a real reason uh, that they use it, and every voter should be concerned because that's abusing the recall efforts. They have nothing on the governor of substance, okay? This is just them attempting to have some kind of influence over state politics because they can't do it through the ballot box. Sound familiar? What I want to do now is I want to introduce myself um, and why I'm doing this and why democracy is so important to me. 
And the first reason is because I'm an American. And growing up in America, I learned about George Washington. And you probably already know that George Washington could have been a king or a dictator. Uh, the people loved him. They wanted him to stay in power. But he chose to step down in order to establish the peaceful transition of power. This is the tradition that Trump broke. I also learned about America's grand experiment in representative democracy. Our democracy is under attack by propagandists, both foreign and domestic. Right now, democracy is collapsing all over the world. If we want to keep our democracy, we're going to have to fight for it. I also learned about our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. As a child, I wrote papers on Abraham Lincoln. When I was very young, I went on a field trip to the Los Angeles Superior Court, and there's this bus, the statue of Abraham Lincoln. And as I was admiring it, all of a sudden, the statue turned and twisted and faced me and spoke to me. Now, I was just a very young child, but I would become an attorney in no small part because of my admiration for Abraham Lincoln. I studied law and international service at American University in Washington, DC. And I focused on constitutional law. I even wrote a book on foreign comparative constitutional law. I took an oath to defend the constitution and I believe we must fight for democracy both here at home and abroad. We need a democracy movement in America, one capable of bringing tens of thousands of people into the streets. So I decided I wasn't gonna wait around for these other groups and other people to do it. I would build a pro-democracy movement myself. And to that end, I formed the Truth and Democracy Coalition. I've been fighting against Trump's attack on democracy since the Miller Report came out. And I've been defending the Constitution for even longer. I've been organizing, writing, speaking at rallies, holding Zoom meetings, producing podcasts, meeting with my representatives, and organizing to save democracy. I've been covering Trump's threat to democracy almost exclusively. I write opinion articles and produce a political ideology podcast called Bible Study for Progressives. It's a show where moderates, liberals, and leftists of all faiths and ideologies come together to discuss scripture, spirituality, and politics. Finally, like most Americans, I'm also a Christian. I'm a progressive Christian. I read the Bible in its historical context. Reading the Bible properly, one finds that it is about justice, liberating the oppressed, lifting up the lowly, bringing down the powerful, and caring for the least of us. We've had this problem with domination systems and the gap between the rich and the poor since ancient times. 
For most of history, people have lived under the rule of tyrants. Humanity's central political struggle is between democratic forms of government and authoritarian forms of government. Democracy will not survive unless we organize and demand it. And I decided to commit my later years to this cause because I'm not gonna let democracy die without a fight. So now I'd like to turn to Sean to just get an idea, Sean, why is yeah. democracy important to you? And what, what is it about this moment in history that is so important for us to stand up and fight for democracy? Well, remember, the, the, probably the most important uh, point to a healthy democracy is that the authority and just powers of the government are derived from the consent of the governed. And the only way, at least in Western culture, you can get the consent of the governed is through the ballot box, through voting. So when you try to suppress the vote, what you are doing is suppressing the uh, average citizens from giving their consent to the kind of government they wish. So, and that is that equates with fascism. And what the Republicans are doing now in a majority of states with hundreds of laws of voter suppression amounts to fascism because they're destroying the consent of the uh, governed. And worse than voter suppression in my book is the voter nullification. Uh, in a number of these states, that are led by uh, Republicans in the state legislatures, they want to nullify the votes in elections that they don't win. Now that, you cannot, there's no other uh, name or description you can give that other than fascism. When you can win a minority in the legislature, whether it's in the majority in the legislature or not, is a minority of just a few dozen to a few hundred people. And when they can uh, invalidate elections because they don't like their results, there's no question about it. You're heading straight for a fascist state. And that is why, uh, and by the way, all these laws they're passing now are squarely aimed at 2022, where the Republicans can't win quote unquote, win without cheating. And this is all about 2022. And that's why uh, all good people of conscience, Democrats, independents, uh, rational uh, Republicans have to get out and vote in mass. I'm also a believer in the fact that when you try to uh, suppress somebody's right or take away somebody's right, that tends to irritate them and they double their efforts to get out and vote. And that's what we have to do. We also have to fight the nullification. Every vote needs to be counted as it was cast. And then those uh, results need to determine 
who has legitimate power, i.e. the majority of votes, so that we can say this is the consent of the governed and this is what our American democracy is built on. And it's uh, as simple as that. You know, we've had an insurrection on January 6th. It's a failed coup attempt. And what a coup attempt is, it's a strike against your institutional democracy. It's, a, it's an attempt to hit the government and knock it over. And so we had that. And then that continued. I mean, throughout the election, Trump was saying, if I lose, it's I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. I can't lose. If I lose, then I'm going to allege it's cheating, right? And so, and then he continued to do that. So this is an ongoing attempt to overthrow our government because they're spreading that false narrative. And I think people are coming to realize that that narrative was false and that even on the right, I was on a conservative podcast a couple of days ago, and even he recognized that Trump lost that election. That's it. And the Republicans did fairly well. But if they can convince people and get all these people out there riled up and then try and bring them back to the Capitol is what they want to do. Now they're passing like 400 bills in state legislatures across the country trying to restrict access to voting. And 30 of those bills have already passed in 18 states. So they're doing it. And the For the People Act would set these basic standards, basic guidelines to protect democracy. So there'll be ballot boxes. You're gonna have enough ballot box. You're gonna be able to do same day registration. You're going to be able to vote by mail. All these long lines that people should never have to be in, except for the local government's efforts to suppress their votes. Now, we did a great job during that election. During that election, we sent people out to the polls. We provided food. We provided water. We provided entertainment. We made sure everything was good, everybody comfortable, you know, because they shouldn't have to wait in those long lines. And that helped. And now they want to stop that. And they want to stop us from getting people to the polls, making it harder to vote. Now, our right to vote is a sacred right to vote. Our God-given right to rule ourselves. When God created the world, he gave dominion to rule, to humanity, to human beings, to the people. So this is a, not only a constitutional right, it's a sacred right. And you can't lose your right to vote just because you don't have the right ID or because you went to the wrong polling place or you didn't register in time. This is a, a right you can only really lose by committing a felony. So we need to make sure that every citizen has the right to vote and that every American right to vote is protected. Yeah, can I pick up on a few things that yeah. you mentioned there, Rich? Okay. Yeah. One of the most important things about the John Lewis Act is what they call preclearance, which was in the old 1965 Voting Rights Act. And what preclearance is, is before you could pass, well, certain states that had a history 
of suppressing like the black vote and everything, before they could pass any new laws that were aimed at suppressing the vote, they had to run it through the attorney general's office. And the attorney general would nip any attempt to uh, suppress the votes of people in the bud. So you didn't have to go to court and wait three years. You didn't have to march in the streets. You got your voting rights protected by having the, the United States Attorney General say, yeah, this is okay, or I'm sorry, this is not gonna cut it. And that's one of the most important aspects of the John Lewis Act. It puts pre-clearance back into the mix. Now, on voter ID, in 49 out of 50 states, you don't need voter ID. Uh, and you're talking to America's best expert on this because I literally called all 50 states and uh, found out, I knew this from my previous work in California, that you sign your voter registration under penalty of perjury. Well, I wanted to see if that was true. And in 49 out of 50 states, you sign your, it's not a voter registration form. It's a voter registration affidavit. That means it's a legal document with the full weight of law behind it. And if you put anything that isn't true down on your voter registration affidavit, i.e. form, you can go to jail in Kentucky. You can go to jail for a year and pay a $500 fine. In the good state of Washington, I believe, Washington or Oregon, I always get confused, it's a $250,000 fine. And in between all that is every state has heavy penalties, both in fines and jail, if you put down in, you know, a false name, a false address, false citizenship, anything like that. So the reason I say all this is, you don't need voter ID if you filled out your voter registration form affidavit under penalty of perjury, because you have told the truth about who you are, where you live, whether you're a citizen, and this voter, voter ID in, in 49 out of 50 states is ridiculous. Now, here's the answer to your Jeopardy question. What state doesn't have registration, voter registration? And that is the good state of uh, North Dakota, North or South. That again, I always get thrown by those two. They don't need it. I believe it's South Dakota now that I think about it. They decided back in the late 50s, early 60s, that because of their rural nature, and because everybody more or less knew everybody in their small towns and everything, that they did not need to register voters before they voted. But that is the only state in the union who has done that. I invite you to go to their website. They can give you a more in-depth explanation. But they're the only ones that could make a rational argument for voter ID. Voter ID is just another form of voter suppression in 49 out of 50 states, because who in their right mind is going to fraudulently fill out a voter registration form when they're facing anywhere from a $500 fine to a $250,000 fine and a year to five years to 10 years, depending on the state 
in jail, okay? So all voter ID is, is a form of voter suppression aimed largely at poor people who don't have the funds or the ability to travel to the enumerated state bureaus where they can get a proper ID. So don't be fooled, folks. It's just another form of voter suppression, and it's completely unnecessary in all but one state in the union. Yeah, I think it's very important to look at that history and consider it and ask yourself, because a large part of this problem is the result of the massive dissemination of propaganda by international global media networks, national politicians, foreign countries. So why are we talk, why even talk about voter ID at this point? Consider the history. You don't lose your right to vote just because you don't have a particular type of identification. And our objective is to make sure everybody has the right to vote. Now, what is this based? What is the all these requirements that are suddenly coming out based on? Well, they're based on the big lie that somehow the election was stolen, but it wasn't. It's very clear. Decided court after court after court. And this is what the rule of law in a democracy, we're not ruled by a president, we're ruled by the constitution and the rule of law. And part of the rule of law is the court system. And when the court has made a decision, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, plenty of court decisions I disagree with, that's final. And that's what it means to live under the rule of law, under a nation of laws, rather than dictators. And, and you so, know, Rich, you know, Rich, you make a wonderful point there about the courts, but also remember uh, in a number of states, Georgia comes to mind because it's, you know, it was such a big deal. They recounted every vote in that state three times. They had recount after recount after recount. And each time Donald Trump, our marmalade Mussolini, failed to win. So it's the recounts, and you're absolutely right, Rich. He didn't win case, and there was, I forget how many, 60 or 70 or what, he didn't win. And all this is, is, well, he's, first of all, a very childish, sore loser. And then second of all, uh, he doesn't give a damn about the Constitution. I doubt seriously he's ever read it, or your constitutional rights, and he will do anything to stay in power because he fears the uh, New York Attorney General and the uh, New York, uh, pardon me, Manhattan District Attorney, who are going to probably, they're more likely than not going to bring charges. And I believe that he is going to get hit with uh, income tax evasion uh, and bank fraud. And the reason he wants the presidency isn't that he wants to do anything for the American people. He wants the protection that the presidency offers because, because of, by the way, because of a, uh, a, an opinion out of the uh, attorney general's office in Washington, D.C. This is not a law. This is their opinion. You can indict a sitting president. 
And that's why Donald Trump wants to get back into, into office. And I'll wrap this up by saying, you know, we could cure our voting problems with one simple law, one federal simple law, that all voting by secret ballot is mandatory. And if you are a citizen of this country, you don't have a right to vote, you have a duty to vote. And if you made that, and, and if you don't vote, you face a fine, a considerable fine. And if they put that one law into practice, 98% of the American people would turn out to vote, just like they pay their taxes, which is mandatory, just like 98% of them have a driver's license, which is mandatory. And this is not some radical idea. In most industrialized democracies, voting is not a right. Voting by secret ballot, I might add, voting by secret ballot is not a right, it's a duty. In Australia, it's your duty. In uh, Switzerland, it's your duty. Now, these are not communist countries. These are countries with high standards of living, and they all believe in freedom of speech and the press and such. So I maintain that if the government can say you got to pay your taxes, the government ought to be able to say, hey, you got to vote so we know that we have the consent of the majority of our citizens so that we can exercise our authority in a just and fair manner. And if you pass that one law, all of this would disappear. Virtually overnight, you would have a bloodless democratic revolution overnight. Thank you, Sean. This is really a struggle to save democracy in America and the American way of life and all around the world. Imagine if democracy fails in the United States, what that means for democracy around the world. We've seen the collapse of democracy from the Arab Spring to Duterte in the Philippines, Bolsonaro, and the election of authoritarian leaders, including Donald Trump. Now we're seeing democracy attack at home because we are no different than in Afghanistan, just another country to overthrow and exploit. And if we want to protect our way of life and the American way of life and the American experiment and the American dream, then we better fight for our right to vote. So vote no on the recall. This expensive and unnecessary election is, as Sean said, an abuse of the recall process. It's a recall without sufficient cause. It's a power grab by mega thugs and COVID deniers. Also, go to represent.us. They can help you call or meet with your senators to tell them to pass the For the People Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act the DC Admissions Act, and that the filibuster must not be allowed to stand in the way of democracy. 
nor should it be abused to simply block the other party's agenda and to frustrate the will of the people in a choice between democracy and the filibuster, democracy must prevail. Defending our constitutional democracy is more important than the non-constitutionally mandated filibuster. You know, the filibuster as portrayed by the iconic Jimmy Stewart in the movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, is a story about a man standing alone on principle. It was not about political obstruction like it is right now. The Republicans are using the filibuster to overthrow our democracy. They intend to cause people to lose faith in democracy and the Democratic Party's ability to address their concerns. Thank you for watching the premiere of Democracy Under Fire. We will be airing weekly on Facebook and YouTube. So like the Truth and Democracy Coalition and my Facebook channel, Rich Proceda. Tell your friends, groups, and organizations about us and tell them to join the Truth and Democracy Coalition as we work together to build a movement to save democracy.